And so my very, very first book was called From Time to Time. And what that was, I just wanted to get a book done just to get past this idea that it's, it's I, I, I sat down and I looked at what I know, what my skills were, what information that I could put into a book and synthesize. And I gave myself 30 days to write a book. Thrive Friends, this is your host, Dr. Solomon. My guest today is an author, speaker, and a podcast host. Mr. Daniel Mengena has published four books all about thriving and achieving your dream. Welcome on Thrive, Daniel. Thank you for having me, Dr. Solomon. Pleasure to be here. Lovely having you. Uh, you have a very unconventional story, Daniel. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I was one of those people that's never had a job really. I worked in a cinema when I was a teenager, not because I needed it, but because I had fun. Uh, I actually had one job because I needed it. Um, in my late 20s, I worked in a call center for about six months, but I've actually always been an entrepreneur. Uh, it didn't always work out. It took me to some pretty dark places. I had to rebuild my life from nothing. And now every day I get to share the nuggets of that journey with people so that they can manifest the, their dream life. And you are from Zimbabwe, yeah, my mum and dad are from Zimbabwe. Um, I was the first of my siblings to be born and raised in East London in the UK. And I left the UK in 2018 to move to Mexico. This is an unusual move. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Could you tell me more about this? Yeah, I mean, I was, I came here for three days and I didn't leave. So I came, I came to visit here where I, where I live and some friends invited me to come and check it out to potentially teach some workshops and do some work here. And yeah, I just, I just ended up not leaving. I stayed and here I am. And that was, that was the end of the story. But the weather's good. It rains here about a dozen days a year, very different to the UK. Um, looking at the sea right now, beautiful weather, blue skies. Could you share some of your entrepreneurial journey where mm -hmm. you were in the UK and how you transferred it uh, when you moved to Mexico or how you transformed it mm -hmm. when you moved to Mexico? Well, interestingly, the current configuration of entrepreneurship I'm in uh, actually birthed while I was here in Mexico. Mm -hmm. um, being a speaker and author, I was in the transition period before coming here, but I settled into that. And I've really built that identity having been based here. Uh, in terms of entrepreneurship, I started entrepreneurship very young. I, was I taught myself to make computers when I was 13 years old. I incorporated my first business when I was 16. And so the basis of entrepreneurship I had um, but a lot of the mentorship and guidance I've had has actually been from people around the globe. Some of my mentors are in Australia, some are in Canada, some are in the States, some are in Europe and the UK. So I've actually got mentors all over the world. So I always had this international flavor to the entrepreneurship and now having the opportunity to bring that into my life in an amazing way, living in an amazing place and living a great life. You mentioned mentorship. So I actually... Um, initially didn't understand mentorship. I actually made my first million when I was 19 years old and lost it. And then I made some money again and I lost it again. And what I've actually understood about my own journey is one of the reasons why I had those ups and downs is because I didn't have the humility and the wisdom to learn from others. And so older in life now, much wiser from those experiences, I always seek mentorship, whether it's masterminds. I'm in a mastermind right now, but I paid $100,000 to be in for the year. Uh, I've got others that I got, I just was... Um, uh, I was just on Necker Island, Richard Branson's private island, and I got the opportunity to be mentored by him and some other people who are on the island successful entrepreneurs. So there's a mix of relationships. Um, I firmly believe that in the world today with so much information, people don't actually realize how easy it is to be mentored. 
this podcast is an opportunity to be mentored by you and the people that you bring on. Um, YouTube has got plenty of content, books like mine and others. Uh, there's so much opportunity. Literally, most thought leaders who have something that might pour into you generally have a platform where you can get that information for free or even 20 bucks for a book. So I don't want anyone to think that mentorship is something that's outside of their reach because everybody has the opportunity to be mentored for free if they're prepared to go and actually you know, take advantage of that and apply it to your life. I would like to talk now about one of your books, mm -hmm. The Dreamer's Manifesto. Mm -hmm. What made you write this book? Mm -hmm. So my main book, the book that's really about my work is called Stepping Beyond Intention. And that's a book that took me many years to write, many drafts, took me five or six times before I was quote unquote happy with the book to share it. Um, and I realized early on in my writing journey that I made a big deal out of it. Oh my God, what am I going to do to write this book? It's such a big thing. And so my very, very first book was called From Time to Time. And what that was, I just wanted to get a book done just to get past this idea that it's, it's so I, I sat down and I looked at what I know, what my skills were, what information that I could put into a book and synthesize. And I gave myself 30 days to write a book. So I said, 30, what can days. I write? 30 days. I said, what can I do? What topic can I write and publish a book in 30 days? And so that's what I did with that book, just to say, okay, I'm a published author now. It's not such a big deal. And with resources like KDP, with Kindle, uh, with, with, with Amazon, it's very easy to publish a book. They'll even do the paperback and print on demand for you. So it doesn't even cost that much. Um, so I did that first. And then I said, okay, I still didn't feel ready to release the main book and I was still working on it. So I said, okay, what's something else I can write with that's more related to the work that I do? And so my catchphrase is dream with your eyes open. My website is dreamwithdan.com. Mm -hmm. On most social media, social, social media channels, I'm Dreamer CEO. The whole idea of dreaming and dreaming big and dream with your eyes open is big with me. And so I said, well, I can write a book that explains this concept of dream with your eyes open. And so the Dreamers Manifesto is breaking down this idea and manifesto to those who want to dream and live life on their own terms. Mm -hmm. And when the book was released, mm -hmm. what was the reaction you received? Uh, people were really grateful for the opportunity to have something so bite-sized. It's not a big book. You can read it in an hour and a half. It's really just about giving the ideas and getting the ideas across. There's seven points that you can go through to really understand what it means to be a dreamer. Uh, and people were inspired. Uh, my dad actually shared with me, my dad's mum have retired back to Zimbabwe. My uncle's, uh, my uncle Duran has got some employees who started listening to my podcast and read my book and some of them have actually left the job, <laughs> left the job because of it. But I always love to hear stories of people who have really made some changes in their life because they feel inspired and worthy and able to go and do so. And that's really what we hear back from that book. Terrific. And then you moved on to publish your biggest piece or your main project. Yeah. Could you tell us more about it? So stepping beyond intention goes through my four-step model, beyond intention. The beyond intention paradigm really is giving you a framework that you can use to create life on your own terms, which includes getting clear on what that life looks like, having the responsibility to do so, breaking through stuck states, uh, removing any of the resistance to living that life. And, and that's what we, what we I, I share in that book. And also what those steps are, where they came from, my journey with them, and also the stories of some of the people that we've gotten to support over the years are actually just a few weeks ago, penned a, a book deal to re-release that book. So we'll be doing a new edition of the book this year under Simon & Schuster, the publisher, and, uh, and just sharing, you know, sharing this, this book with more people and getting it in more people's hands. I'm curious, how did you come up with these four stages or four steps for your model? It, it was my life, my life experience. Like I said, I, I, I lost everything twice. The second time I lost everything, I ended up in a really dark place, Dr. Sullivan. I 
I, uh, the only reason why I didn't make a suicide attempt is I felt like such a loser that if I try, I'd fail. And I didn't want to fail at that on top of everything else. And so I actually set out to not be a loser so that I could successfully commit suicide. And that was the journey that I went on for many years. And I woke up one day in 2015 and realized, hang on a minute, I actually love my life. I'm in good health. I'm taking care of myself. I've got great relationships with my family. My business at the time was successful. I was traveling, and just enjoying life. And it wasn't something that I decided to do. It's something that naturally unfolded because of the work I was doing on myself. So I backtracked and looked at what those phases were and put them together and it became Beyond Intention. It takes a lot of courage to share something like a suicide attempt mm -hmm. on a public platform. How did you bounce back? So I was diagnosed with, with Asperger's when I was 27 years old. I was diagnosed with Asperger's and I wholly give credit to the way that my brain functions for why I didn't make the impulsive decision to just go and take an action. Because of the way my brain is wired, I always go through everything sequentially and in step by step. And I went through all of my options at the time and none of them were sure enough. I didn't think that any of them was going to be successful. And that's basically what happened. And so moving on and when I wanted to get over my lack of success, which I thought was impeding the, the, the suicide uh, intention, I actually was reading a lot of different books and listening to different tapes because I was trying to work out what I'd got wrong, why I'd been a loser. And all of that positive content, I'm sure you understand, yeah. the, neuro the neurology of my brain, the neurosynapses that were firing and wiring, were firing and wiring based on that content I was completely pummeling myself with. And so you can't fill your brain with goodness and garbage come out. Just like you can't keep filling your brain with garbage and goodness come out. And it was just a natural byproduct of life giving content going into my brain that led to life choosing outcomes happening in my life. What a story. Did someone suggest you reading books at the time? No, nobody it knew. It was you. Nobody knew. In fact, the, the only person that cottoned on that something was wrong, I remember one person looked at me, his name was Marcus, and he looked me in the eyes and said, you're smiling, but I don't see you smiling. Are you okay? And that was the only person in all of that period of time that realized that anything was, was wrong because I was very much on my own and in my own skin and not really connecting with, with people. Um, and so it wasn't until 2000 and I want to say 2019 that I actually started opening, openly sharing about what was going on with me at that time. And uh, my main concern was, you know, family members. I've got young nephews and nieces in their, you know, early teens and so on and so forth. I didn't want them to be negatively affected by it. But actually, when I think about it, I remember one of my nephews, he's 16 now, and he sent me a voice note. And he's like, thank you for being so inspirational. He said, it's so strange that, you know, to me, you're just my uncle. But then I see all these people that see you as something more than that. And thank you. And so I actually see the, the, the courage, the bravery, the acceptance of the opportunity to share this is actually having such a positive impact, even on the people that I was scared it would negatively impact. And so I'm really grateful for this opportunity to share this with people, for them to know that it doesn't matter where you are, how dark or pointless things might seem right now, um, there, is, there is hope, things can be okay. And then things changed mm -hmm. and changed in a positive way. Yeah. You got married. You have now an eighteen-year-old. Eighteen-month-old. Yeah, not, yes, not 18, I know. Yes. That would don't, be. Don't, um, don't 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 press fast forward yet. <laughs>
And um, he knows three languages. His languages. Mm -hmm. And your stepdaughter, six year old, and she knows three yeah. languages. Isn't mm -hmm. it something? <laughs> it's crazy because you'll see his eyes light up with understanding. I mean, he's not, he's, he believes he can talk now and he's trying really hard. With Ariana, it's a lot easier because you can have a conversation with her. You'll see her having speaking in Spanish there, she'll speak Russian there, she'll speak English. She, she switches between languages really effortless, but she's sharp. She's really, really sharp. With him, you just see the understanding in his eyes. Like you'll speak a phrase in Spanish, you'll speak a phrase in Russian, you'll speak a phrase in English, and he'll respond. He'll know, you know, come here. Can you put that down? Please come. And it's, it's awesome to watch. I'm just interested to know what his accent's going to be. That's the thing I'm really interested in. Because Ariane, obviously, she was born and raised in the US, uh, but now she hears an English accent every day and has for the last three or four years. And so there's certain words she says with English twang, or can I have water, please? Like she pronounces yeah. certain words English. It's, it's really interesting. It's funny. Hopefully she will have the Queen's English. Uh, I do my best, but, you know, she's got a lot of cousins still in New York, so... And she spends a lot of time with them. Uh, she's actually headed to go spend time with her, her dad and, and stuff for the summer. So I'll have to de-English her when she gets back. <laughs> Re-English her, sorry. You already stole my thunder for the last <laughs> question. Um, and now it is not even last question. It is a question. And yeah. you answered it where I asked people how you go from striving mm -hmm. to thriving. Mm -hmm. And this is a major I think you have went through a major event mm. in your life, uh, not only once, but twice, mm -hmm. where you gained a lot and you lost everything. Mm -hmm. And then you reach a stage where you were questioning the meaning of living. Mm -hmm. And through reading, you managed to change your pattern of thinking, which is in psychiatry is one of the techniques used, cognitive behavioral therapy, which is mostly about changing the way we think, what would you tell people who are having some thoughts about like their own failure or they're doubting themselves? Don't um, take it so don't take it so seriously, is what I'd say. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's so funny that we give so much meaning to these things that are so ephemeral. Yeah. Like none of us are getting out of life alive. We're all going to die at some point. And when we do, very little of it is going to have any meaning. I love um I love the practice in Islamic culture that you're wrapped just in a clean white sheet, regardless of who you are. Mm -hmm. If you're a king, if you're a, a beggar on the on the street, because that is it. There's no orn ornaments with your with your your funeral rites. It's you wrapped in a white cloth. The same prayers are said, regardless of who you are. And it, I think it just reminds us that at the end of the day, we all return to dust, and the business isn't going to be there. Yeah. Right? You're not taking the money with you. You're not taking the failures with you. All the stories. And anything that someone has to say about you isn't going to matter either. Don't take it so seriously. Allow your identity to be built around what lights you up, not the idea of what other people say you should be or say you should be doing or things that you think you should be doing based on what other people are doing. Drop all of those stories. Don't take it so seriously because none of us are getting out of your life. You uh, brought the perspective to something I have seen so many times in my culture and I take it for granted. Mm -hmm. Yeah, everyone will end up in the same white sheet but yeah i i didn't think about it this way mm. death is the uh, great uh, equalizer. equalizer you speak to public you speak mm -hmm. to masses mm -hmm. you write books mm -hmm. at certain point do you have the concern or the fear of not being at the same level you were before or you're trapped in a shadow 
of a book that you published and the public just want to see you through the lens of this book. So what was hilarious was uh, when I was on Necker Island, Richard Branson's Island last month, there are a few massive authors there. I'm not going to say names because of the story that I'm going to, I'm going to say. But one of them, in fact, two of them are heroes of mine. I've got books on my shelf from these authors. And yet, one of them started his career several, several years ago with one particular book. And people always try and put him in a box based on that book. And now he's writing things completely different. And he doesn't want to talk about the other people pitching him ideas and stuff about the original book. And it was actually quite telling for me to see. And there was another chap, I think he's got two New York Times bestselling author books. And then his most recent book didn't get, got the sales, but New York Times didn't pick it up. And it was interesting to see, you know, he gave me some insights, advice, and some, some mentorship around that. You know, I'm, I'm doing my best not to take it too seriously, not to get too caught up in it, not to put too much importance around it. My intention for myself is that I'm so focused on doing the work of serving the people for whom these books are going to be a light, that the other stuff doesn't really come into the mix. Is it likely that I'm going to be able to maintain that perspective the entire time? Probably not, but that's what my intention is. Fortunately, I haven't hit that wall yet of, oh my God, I'm holding myself to these crazy standards. But I'm really blessed again to have amazing people around me who are supportive of what I want to be as, as a person, how I want to serve. So I don't think that they're going to let me behave and think like that anyway. I've got a really, really solid support network. And so I'm trusting that they are going to keep me level and I'm not going to go down that path. Um, but I've seen it and how it can impact people. So I also have that experience ahead of time. That means I'm, I'm fairly confident it won't work that way for me. And the reason I'm asking is... A, I'm aware it happens, and it's mm -hmm. surprising that you had a story right at the top of your head mm -hmm. about it. And it was just literally a month ago. I was meeting someone who I was watching for an entire week, watching people trying to pitch ideas and trying to talk about stuff. And I could literally see that in his eyes, I'm not, I don't write books about that anymore. This is what I'm writing about now. This is the magazines that I write for, and this is what I'm interested in. And so it was very, very awesome. It is hard because then once you become the person, of this brand, mm -hmm. it, it is very hard when you start to rebrand yourself in a different way, but mm -hmm. also be the courage it takes to change to a different brand. There will always be questions. Why mm -hmm. would you, the certainty bias, why would I leave mm -hmm. something certain? I spent money and time building this mm -hmm. and now I'm going something completely different. I'm a fool, am I crazy? Yeah, what will happen next to this? Mm -hmm. cross your mind um i think that those and I, I mean no disrespect by this but i think those are the thoughts of people for whom it's about them mm -hmm. as opposed to it being about the work and the people that they're there to serve because if it's about the other person then all of those questions become irrelevant if it's about the work that you're getting to share all of those questions become irrelevant it's not about me and because i'm not doing this for me i don't have to do this if i didn't sell another program if i didn't do another speaking gig i'm going to be just fine i'm living my best life I'm doing this before I, I feel called to be of service to others. And so these questions that are highly indicative of an internal environment that's geared towards self and what I've done and what I get out of it, they don't really show up for me in my life and in my experience at all. And there's no disrespect because everyone's got their own journey, right? And 
Some yes. people, that's what they're here to do. And I, I respect that. I'm just saying for me, that's not what I'm here to do. And that's not why I'm so those questions don't end up coming up. Daniel, we live in a time where there is social unrest. Did you feel during your journey that your identity was a challenge in achieving your dream? Uh, I did my best not to be fixed in my identity, number one. Um, I allow life, and this is a practice, this isn't something I woke up with this morning. This is, I've been in personal development actively for 22 years. I started this journey when I was in my teens, reading and studying. And so I do my best to be fluid and available to meet changes. So when a lot of people were finding that their identity was being challenged, what they were actually finding was their identity was fixed and not flexible, rigid and not fluid. And life isn't fixed. Mm -hmm. Life is dynamic. Circumstances can show up at any time in entrepreneurship. Like you don't know what's going to happen. Anything can happen. You know, people who weren't ready to be flexible and to move with the times didn't make it. 85% um, plus of US businesses don't last five years. Mm -hmm. um, that's without even factoring in things like economic downturn, uh, global pandemic, and the response of government that's taken in the face of pandemics. And so I found that my identity wasn't challenged, but it was invited to keep up with the changes, but I do that all the time anyway. So I wasn't really thrown off by anything. Um, I'm also blessed that I was in a country that wasn't locked down as severely as other countries where I live. So I didn't have the same level of psych psychological challenge that people had having these. And also I'm independent, I work for myself. So there wasn't this big thing of, oh, I was working in an office and now I'm at home and now I've got kids doing the thing. I'm involved with the kids' life, right? I don't surrender them to a school system. So as a result, people that were facing this thing of, oh my God, I don't know who my kids are. My kids are, I don't know who I am. I didn't face that. A lot of people, I mean, there's lots of jokes. There was jokes around um, Valentine's Day that people that have been leading double lives romantically were going to be revealed <laughs> by, but you know, if you're in integrity, if you're actually connected to the people in your life anyway, if you're flexible and available for change to enhance you instead of break you, then it doesn't matter what happens. You're going to be okay. What a wonderful way to end this lovely conversation, Daniel. Thank you so much for having me, Dr. Sodom. You asked some very poignant questions. I'm grateful for this time we've had together. Thank you. And people watching us, if uh, you are interested in knowing more about Daniel's work, you can Google Dream with Dan. And where else can people find you, Daniel? Dreamwithdan.com is my website. Um, we've got free resources there. There's contact page, links to my social media, dreamwithdan.com. And until we meet next time, keep safe, keep motivated, and see you in the next episode of Thrive. Thank you. Thank you.